Philadelphia is backing off the green phase time frame, and John Legend lambastes the Houston Association of Realtors. We're going to talk about it all next on Tool Time. I'm Tom Tool. She is Jess Lyon, and we've got some juicy topics today that we're going to talk about. It's been all over the news, both of these things. We're going to start local as we always do, that the city of Philadelphia, despite the rest of southeastern Pennsylvania going green, getting into the green phase, Philadelphia is pushing it back until maybe August. Jess, what do you think about all this? If they are going to make a decision, the governor or whoever, I would like them to stick with it. Uh, I feel like it's back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And I was looking at um, phila.gov and it tells you like cases per day actually. And there have been far more negative cases than positive cases. And positive cases have been consistently going down. And that's just for the city of Philadelphia. So I couldn't imagine being an owner of a gym or an owner of a restaurant and you being told one thing and ready to open and start your livelihood again and then nope we're pushing it back until august how do you take care of your family like if i were in their situations i don't know what i would do they're opening up casinos they're opening up um, museums and libraries and you're eating outdoor anyway and you should see these outdoor seating arrangements. You're not six feet apart. Yeah, they're they, not. Yeah, they're, they aren't six. I mean, I've seen some that are. I've seen a lot that aren't. So I hear you. But so it's like, what are we doing here? It's just this ping pong, and it's it's really it sucks. So this is not a governor decision, to be clear. This is coming right from the mayor. So Mayor Kenny is the one pushing this back because they've left it up to the municipality. They said you can go green, but it's up to you if you, if you want to do that. So. Uh, that just to just to be be a little clear there, okay. you know, the thing that's crazy to me is you can go gamble at a casino and you can't go to a gym, and and the restrictions that they're coming up with, uh, you know, it's partly because to your point, these tables aren't six feet away. They're not necessarily following the guidelines the way they should. Uh, a lot of the cases that are coming up, I mean, there's a lot of things that have happened in the city. If people don't think the spike in cases has to do with all the protests that were happening. They need to get a reality check. I mean, that's obviously the antithesis of social distancing. And I'm not against the protests. I'm looking at, okay, this is probably the reason why all this happened. And when they, got, when they came out and said, that hey, might be because of trips to the Jersey Shore or that people aren't practicing their distance guidelines. Is that a component? Probably. You know, the contact tracing, there's so few people where that's happening. It's not a reliable source of data. What I know from observing what was going on in the city is that, you know, that had a lot to do with it. And then on top of it, there's, there's another issue with this homeless encampment, which, again, if these people want to protest, I'm all for it. There's a lot of infections there because the people and, and those people are susceptible to a lot of diseases because they're not getting regular health care. A lot of them have diabetes and other things that would make them more vulnerable to the virus. So there's some things here that aren't getting talked about. When I hear the Jersey Shore trips are the cause of this and not the other things that have happened. And usually it's like a two week delay for, for mm -hmm. it to get uh, reported in the first place. It, 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 you know, it's, it's the news kind of manufacturing a story where I don't know that's all, all the, the, totally the case. What I can also say is I had an appointment in Philadelphia last night, driving down the street, 
I mean, a lot of people aren't wearing masks when they go out. And I'm not saying that that's right or wrong, but if they're wondering what's going on and you want the cases to drop, I mean, that, that's a component here too. And, you know, what, what, what I see the issue is, is that, you know, being able to go to a casino and not go to a gym, I guarantee you the gym is cleaner than the casino. At least most gyms. I just, it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me in, in that regard. And, you know, there's these other things that have happened. I mean, all those people gathering, what was it, two, three weeks ago with all the protests? I mean, there had to be some sort of transmission of the disease. Like, it's, 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 it's just, it's no way that it's the result of people going to the Jersey Shore. Um, it, that's probably a component. It's not the whole story. And, you know, because of that, I mean, again, these guidelines are just so wonky. I just don't understand the casino versus the gym. Indoor dining, I mean, if people are dining outside, that's fine. If that's a safer way to go about it, you probably know more about that than I do. I haven't been to a restaurant yet, so feel free to chime in there. It's just, I don't, I don't see that we're getting the full story on this. I agree. And you're 100% right. Like with the protests and things like that, I'm sure that that, you know, caused an influx of cases. But there's also 55, over 55 testing sites in the city, which wasn't the case a few months ago. So of course they're testing more people and that has to do with it as well. Um, but like you're saying, restaurants and casinos, if casinos can adapt and barbershops can adapt and follow these guidelines, a restaurant and a gym can too. The, in the article that you sent me, um, the owner of the gym was like, we can have three or four people in the gym, socially distancing, doing things outside, a restaurant can operate at 25% indoor capacity and stagger tables more than six feet apart, which is more than what they're doing outside. So like, it's, it just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, and they have this travel advisory too. And I, I get the travel advisory. I mean, I guess just the, the, the biggest concern here is that it, it's again, it's another, you know, the guidelines aren't uniform. There's no, hey, this is what you need to do. And, uh, you know, until that comes out, I mean, we're going to have these. And this is, you know, ultimately the only solution here, if people are really concerned about this virus, is a vaccine getting developed. I mean, that, that's, that's going to be the only thing that really ends it. Um, until then, we're probably going to be dealing with this stuff for a while because no one's ever said, and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, uh, I don't know if it was last week or the week before, so go back and watch, but no one knows what happens after we go green. There's not that, okay, here's what can happen, here's how it goes. And it just continues to be more uncertainty for the Philadelphia metro region. And it's, you know, there's a lot of businesses that aren't going to open their doors again, which is really sad. I mean, you look at, you know, some of these restaurants, you know, they're, they've been closed for what, three months now. I mean, maybe they don't have the ability for outdoor space. Some do, some don't obviously in the city, maybe they got looted and destroyed. Like, I mean, these places are in a lot of trouble and it's really hurting local business owners. And gyms are another, like, you don't see big gyms coming into the city. These are usually, like, local family-owned gyms or, like, two partners. It's not, like, a corporate thing. It's not, like, Gold's Gym or Bally's or anything like that. So I don't even know if Bally's is open anymore, but that's not the point. And, and so it's, you know, it's, it's going to hurt a lot of people at the end of the day, which is unfortunate, especially when it was supposed to happen in, like, two or three days, and this just came out. Agreed. I, I, I would like more certainty and more guidelines as to how we can open and how we can adapt instead of just going back and forth. And I don't want this whole thing to resurge again, like Texas reclosing and doing, I don't want that to happen up here. I don't, nobody does. Um, But if there's a way that we can, these are the guidelines, these are how you can operate your business, abide by them. That's the way I think we should go. I I mean, that's, that's the kind of leadership 
that every state, every county, every city, every municipality needs right now. Because here's what we're going to do. Here's the rules for everybody. And that's it. Because if you go state to state, I mean, you know, salons open some places. They didn't open in others. I mean, that's another business that really got hurt by this. And I would feel much more comfortable going to a salon or going to a gym that they got sanitizer everywhere, all sorts of things, rather than going to a casino or you know, I, I kind of get the restaurant thing to a certain extent because I mean, you know, but you know, again, there, there, there's ways to do that where they have to go in and, and maybe there needs to be like some sort of like inspection. Like you want to reopen, we need to see how you're going to have your table set up. Like that's what the municipalities and the local governments need to be doing. They need to have some sort of control on this and just saying open, close, open, close. Cause that's all we're getting right now. Hopefully all right. we're talking about it next week. Maybe we will. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's not going to change next week, so who, who the hell knows? Okay. So th this next topic here, th this to me is, you know, it actually piggybacks a little bit off this. We were talking about some of the protests and some of the things that have, that have gone on throughout the country. So John Legend, Penn graduate, by the way, uh, John Legend, went to University of Pennsylvania. So the Houston Association of Realtors, they decided to ditch the term master in their MLS descriptions and John Legend tweeted out, and let me read you the tweet, real problem, colon, realtors don't show black people all the properties they qualify for, period. Fake problem, calling, colon, calling the master bedroom, the master bedroom. Fix the real problem, realtors. So love this tweet. I've got a very clear opinion on this. What do you think about all this, Jess? So if you want to stop using the term master bedroom, not you, but whoever wants to stop industry-wide, stop using the term master bedroom and use primary bedroom, biggest bedroom, whatever, let's do it. But John Legend is 100% right here. The problem is racial discrimination in the industry. And if anyone says that that is not a thing, I would have to call them out and say either you don't know about it or you're a liar because it's 100% true. Um, and I can speak from experience because I've worked with black people and people of color and the stories that they tell me before we start working together of, hey, you don't know how many realtors I've had to go through that will actually show me a home um, or get back in touch with me or all these stories, how they got screwed over in the past. Like it's very present and I don't care what color your skin is. As long as you're pre-approved, we're going out and we're gonna find you a home. Or if you're not pre-approved, we're gonna, I'm gonna take the time and show you how you can get pre-approved. Some people will not even take that time and that's another issue. They don't wanna take the time to educate them or tell them what the next step is, just like you would with any client. So I think it's very present. Um, and speaking from my past experiences, it's just, it's there and it needs to be gone. For, for sure. And, and, you know, so to me, there, there's two things about the story. One, the, you know, the Houston Association of Realtors, all they're doing is pandering to the public to make them feel, make themselves feel better. This, yeah. is, this is silly to me. And if you look at the, how the term master bedroom came up, if you research it, it actually has to do with, it's, if you look at the, uh, the, the word mister, that's an abbreviation for master, which typically means the head of household, which was usually like a man or a woman. So it was like the dad and mom. That's where it, that's where the, the, it came from is that it's for the head of the household, not the master, because I mean, it, it, it's, I mean, it, it, like compare what, what they're, what the connotations are here. So that's number one. Number two, 
there's a, a, a story that came out, and this was an amazing article. It came out from, uh, from Newsday, um, and Newsday did this very detailed uh, investigation. It was a three-year investigation in Long Island that revealed widespread bias against consumers of color. Um, so there was 100 agents at 12 of Long Island's longest brokerages, and or largest, excuse me, and there were 86 trained fair housing pair testers. And the result that came out was 49% of the time, uh, it, there was uh, black buyers were discriminated against, Hispanic and Asians were discriminated against 39% and 19% of the time, respectively. So that shows you there was clear evidence in this particular community. And I'm not saying, obviously, it's not everybody, uh, that there was discrimination happening. So, yeah. you know, and then it, it actually, going through that, and I, I, was, I remember when that, that, that came out, I mean, that was back at the end of January, and going through all that and reading that article and reading, reading the investigation, then I thought about what happened during the pandemic and what the Real Estate Commission testers were doing. And if, I don't know if you remember this, we talked about it a couple times, where they were calling realtors to see if they would show them properties when we weren't supposed to be showing homes in Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. So is that really the best use of time for real estate commission testers? Or should they be doing what they are supposed to be doing, which is supporting fair housing? Mm -hmm. And I've never run into a tester before. I've sold thousands of homes. I've dealt with lots of agents. I never ran into that before. And then it came out during the pandemic. But where are these people? when they really need to be supporting fair housing? Where is the real estate commission in this? Where are the local and state associations? I mean, what, what Houston uh, Association of Realtors is doing, I, I think uh, you know, our buddy Byron said, Houston's got a problem. And that's the problem is all they're doing is trying to make themselves feel better. That's a typical move of, hey, you know, I'm, we're gonna do this and it's gonna, it's gonna make a difference. Instead of dealing with the real problem, which is what John Legend's talking about here, and when I, when I heard that and I, I, I reflected on what he was saying, and then I remember the Long Island investigation, and then what happened during the pandemic, it just shows you how warped the, and, and the perception is of what the problems are within our industry. You know, you're worried about a state, it's the only state that real estate is not essential, and you're going to test those agents for trying to help people that need to get into homes. And then when this stuff happens, you know, you don't see any testers. So Very to me, different. every local and state association, all these testers, however they're set up, they need to be focusing on this all the time. They need to be uh, enforcing fair housing like they did the temporary restrictions that violated Homeland Security's mandate during the height of the pandemic. They, they focus on that rather than focusing on the real issue. And Jess, I've had many clients tell me the same thing that they told you. They've had trouble getting realtors to have return phone calls. They wouldn't ask them the right questions, all those sort of things. So having that third party testimonial, and unfortunately that's what it is, or, or case study, or whatever you want to call it, seeing the Long Island story and then seeing where the priorities are from these testers locally in our own state, that tells me the root of the problem is the people running the associations and running the real estate commission. Because if you're going to allow these people to practice, to do this stuff, you know, the, the uh, toleration is the same as validation. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to tolerate it and you're not going to enforce it, it's going to create a problem. So to me, you know, Houston Association of Realtors, dumb move, you know, great. You got some headlines. 
it's backfiring on you now. So I, mean, I don't know what the, the intention was there. Secondly, it's not founded based on the definition of the word. And third, you look at the priorities here, it just doesn't make, it, it doesn't make sense. I mean, if someone really wants to push this, People got to get involved with their boards. They got to get involved with the local real estate governance in your state and make sure these testers are testing what they're supposed to be testing in the first place, not these temporary 60-day guidelines from the state of Pennsylvania. I like that. I'm going to do it. Multi, multi-layered there. Second, third level thinking, right? So mm-hmm. that, that, that's where the change needs to happen. There's no, there's no question about it. All right. What do you got? You can come up with a quote. I got a good one. Um, so this is from, I didn't even, I didn't know this was this guy's name and I love this. It's from James Cash Penny or JC Penny. I didn't know his middle name was Cash. That to me is, is pretty cool. Uh, so if you don't know what JC Penny has, just Google it. Uh, he founded the company. Growth is never by mere chance. It is the result of forces working together. What do you think about this, Jess? It is the result of forces working together growing when I think of when I need to grow it's not just going to happen um I have to make a conscious decision to do so um it's just not going to happen if you're doing the same things over and over again so switching up your routine switching up your daily actions um and then the part about joining forces is maybe bringing the people into your life that is going to enable you to change or hold you accountable or open up doors for you or just associate with different people because what you're doing right now isn't getting to you to where you want to be. So yeah, that's what I would have to say. Well, I, we've talked about that a number of times on the show here that you know, the people you spend your time with, they have, you start to act and behave like them. So you got to really be mindful of, of your peer group. Uh, when, when I read this, I thought of something a little different. Um, so look, look at the story we just talked about. Growth is never by mere chance. It's the result of forces working together. So if we're talking about all these things happening in the world right now, and you really want, we really want to grow as an industry, it's not just the Houston Association of Realtors making some dumb comment about master bedrooms. It's not John Legend sending a tweet. It's people getting inspired by that mm-hmm. and actually doing something on the ground level <clears throat> to make sure stuff like that doesn't happen. It's when you're looking to grow your business, not just changing your behaviors, changing your peer group, also changing the, the environment that you're working in. I mean, the, the, you know, look at your daily schedule. There's, it's, it's all these, it's not just one thing. It's usually a combination of things. And, you know, it, it, but if you look at real change or real growth, you know, you look at a bigger growth than just someone's business. But when we're trying to you know, talk about what's going on in the industry, I mean, it's, it's, it's got to be a lot of people coming together or a lot of forces coming together. And that's where things can really change. Can one person make a difference? They absolutely can. And they can make a difference in their life. And that's where it's maybe internal forces, like you're getting your health straight. You're reading more. You're changing what you eat. You're changing your daily schedule. That's going to that's gonna have a change. And you're going to grow from that. But with bigger change, sometimes you need to align yourself with the right people, have a specific message, have a way to get it out there. And all these forces coming together and maybe complement each other with someone who's good at one thing, maybe you got someone who's good at another and you work together. I mean, those are, those are joining forces, right? And that's where a lot of growth can happen. So, uh, yeah. you know, bringing someone in from the outside that you haven't worked with before. I mean, that, that's, the, that's another example of that. When they, you look at these like, um, like comic books, right? Or like comic book movies, they're going to join forces. And then like, the, it's like two superheroes working together. You're no different than that. that. <laughs> um, but it's, it's the same kind of thing. And, that, and, you know, to do that, you have to look at all the possibilities that are out there see what forces are going to have the effect that you want 
and then come up with a plan to bring them together. And then you can have real growth. And I mean, JC Penney's an institution. I mean, I, do you remember that like catalog coming? And like, I mean, you know, he knows what's going on. I mean, we would get it like every year and, and it was, it was the first like mail order business like that. I mean, there wasn't a lot of them. So, you know, you look at how he revolutionized the, you know, retail in a lot of ways. Uh, I mean, you know, that, that, that he knows about growth. There's no question. Yeah. You talk about this, like joining forces to grow. And I see so much of that going on on social media. Now somebody will post like do this for change or just whatever they're posting on social media. And I think it's a way to join with people and to grow and cause change. I think it's really awesome. And it's happening all over the place right now. Well, you're seeing that because I mean, you can only get to a certain level, you know, and, and like what got you here is not going to get you there. Right. I mean, so, you know, there, there's got to yeah. be changes and different things that happen all the time and, and real growth and real scalability comes from a combination of forces and you just got to get to figure out what they are. It could be, it could be a lot of different things. could be like people, it could be behavioral changes, probably it's both. And then some. Good stuff. Catch you guys next week. Thanks for watching.